You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, episode number 45. Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to thank all my longtime listeners and to welcome all first time listeners to this podcast. It means a lot to me and it keeps me going to provide you more valuable content so you can live your healthiest life. Now, on to this episode. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast. The one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a super knowledgeable trainer with us today. Her name is Amy Leichhardt. We'll be talking about body mapping and the Alexander Technique. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Amy. Amy, are you ready to make it happen? I am. Great. Amy Leichhardt, flute and piccolo, is a member of the Oakland Symphony and teaches for their Music for Excellence, Muse program. As a freelance musician, she has performed with numerous groups throughout the Bay Area of California. Ms. Leichhardt is a certified Alexander Technique teacher and has studied the Alexander Technique for over 20 years and received her teaching certification and training from the Alexander Te- Training Institute of San Francisco in 2012, studying with Frank Ottawell, Robert Britton, Larry Ball, Rome Earl, Simon Baez, and John Biazzi. No worries. And John Coffin. She has also studied the Alexander Technique and body mapping over the past 20 years with Barbara Conable. Ms. Ligard maintains an active studio and coaches young students to professionals. She works with singers and instrumentalists on enhancing greater freedom and ease both physically and musically. That was a little bit, Amy, but could you share with our audience a little bit more about how you got started and why are you so passionate about body mapping and Alexander Technique? So I got started studying the Alexander Technique when I was a graduate student at The Ohio State University. As a musician, I was experiencing a lot of neck and upper back pain. I had... Um, jaw joint pain and discomfort, and I had tendonitis in both of my forearms um, from being a pianist and a computer user and a flutist. So the combination of my personality type and uh, all the performing and playing and practicing and writing I was doing, I was kind of in a mess. So my flute teacher suggested that I take the Alexander Technique class that was offered at the university. And that class was with William Conable, who was the originator of the concept of the practical application of body mapping, music making, and he taught cello and Alexander Technique at Ohio State. And while I was in his class, I had one of those, what I call an aha experience. My body felt easy. It felt like there was a whole coordination to it. I absolutely loved the tone and the sound that I was producing on the flute. 
Uh, it was the type of sound that I always imagined, but couldn't always consistently create myself. And so through taking his class uh, and working with the concepts of body mapping and the Alexander technique, everything got easier. Then I began studying privately with Barbara Conable, and she's the founder of Andover Educators and the person who conceived and created the What Every Musician Needs to Know About the Body course. And once she created that course, I was one of the first people she trained to teach it. And when she retired, she asked me if I would take over the business for her, not really knowing what that meant, I said yes. And mm -hmm. so together with my colleagues, we formed a board, created a nonprofit, and turned Andover Educators and the What Every Musician Needs to Know About the Body class into a nonprofit for continuing education and professional development for musicians. All the while I was doing that, I was also in training to become a certified Alexander Technique teacher. So I've just combined flute performance, music education, and body mapping and Alexander Technique basically since I was in graduate school. Awesome. That is um, a lot of education. And uh, a lot of information, I think, that you have to share with our audience. And we'll get into that in a few minutes. However, let us uh, learn a little bit more about who you are with this awesome question. What's one cool or unique fact about yourself, Amy? So I think probably the most unique thing about me is that after I finished my degree in music ed and sleep performance, I moved to Swaziland, Southern Africa, and taught English in the African bush for a year, um, where I often went without running water or electricity for several weeks at a time. Wow. Uh, backpacked all over Swaziland, South Africa, Namibia, and Lesotho, and it was a year of experience that put perspective on the rest of my life, even though that experience was almost 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. That is... Uh... Amazing information, well-traveled, well I guess. <laughs> but um, this is awesome information that I, I know you're going to be providing uh, to our audience, Amy. So let's dive into what is body mapping and the Alexander Technique. How do you describe it to people? So body mapping is the conscious correcting or refining of one's body map. Everybody has a mental conception of how they think they're put together, how weight delivery and balance works for them. Um, you could ask six people to point to where they think their hips are, and all six of them might point in different places. So my job in teaching body mapping would be to actually teach someone where their hip joint is and how movement and weight delivery and balance works through the whole body by actually helping them understand um, very, very basic practical anatomy. Mm. No. The Alexander yeah, go technique... Ahead. Go ahead. The Alexander Technique works quite well with body mapping because the Alexander Technique has the three core components of awareness, 
what Alexander called inhibition or thinking before you actually do an activity, and then direction, which means you have a choice to either grip or hold as you go into making a movement, or actually expanding and permitting space as you go into movement. Um, the two techniques for me, I see them as opposite sides of the same coin, and I do combine the teaching of them on a fairly regular basis. Okay. Now, um, real quick here, are, are you done? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, our audience is really into health and wellness and fitness in general, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that you are as well. Um, yeah. Is there an applicable explanation or something that our audience can take away from that definition to apply that to themselves? Sure. So, for example, when I work out with a trainer or I take a yoga class or I go running, I actually apply these techniques while I'm doing all of those activities. So if I'm working out with a trainer to do some weightlifting, I will be consciously thinking about how weight delivery and balance is working from my skull into my spine, into my pelvis, into my legs. And that while I may be doing an exercise that is isolating one part of my body, I will keep an overall inclusive awareness of my whole body in the space that I'm in. So I'm not going to cut off what my the use of my legs and pelvis if I'm actually doing something with my arms because of the interconnectedness of all of muscles, tendons, fascia, connected tissue throughout the whole body. So a movement of my arm will always become a whole body movement because I will keep my whole body in awareness. Hmm. And the better knowledge that I have of how uh, joints work and how, you know, for example, how the different rotations of the arm structure work, it means that I'm going to more accurately be able to perform any exercise that I'm doing and therefore not injure myself. Now, um, just just real quick here, if you can help me understand one of my clients uh, using body mapping, for example, or Alexander Technique, um, we were doing a stretch, and this is a, how would you describe it? Some people call it the pretzel stretch, where you bend your knees, um, you're on the ground, you are uh, having one leg over the other knee with the other leg knee bent. I don't know if that makes sense. Ugh. I'm going to try to do it while you're telling me this. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, that'd be even better. Yeah, so so uh, this is a man. If you could get into this posture and, and it maybe explain to uh, my audience and this person in general, if he listens, what is going on? So, so you're on the ground, you're sitting, and... Um, Let's just say you take your left leg, bend it towards your um, your body, and then you take your right leg and bring it that heel over the left knee. Okay, so yeah, I got it. Yeah, and you're twisting towards your right knee and pulling up if you want 
on the right knee to get that gluteus max maximus stretch. Hopefully the left knee is down, by the way. Right. Okay, so this right. gentleman so is... Mm -hmm. So this gentleman is having a hard time getting into this position, A. B, if he gets there, he has to really brace himself with his opposite hand so that he doesn't fall. And he describes, right. actually, what's funny, Amy, is he describes that instead of feeling it, feeling the stretch on his right gluteus, Maximus, he feels it in his left. It's weird, okay, right? So yeah. So if I were working with this person, I would want to know if they have an accurate understanding and mapping of their pelvis. Mm. So, you know, basically from the top of the pelvis, the iliac crest, mm -hmm. where their sitting bones are, the ridges of the sitting bones, and then how the femur or thigh bone actually articulates on the side of the pelvis. Mm. And then whether or not what sort of holding they might be doing through their lower back and abdomen so that they can actually be thinking of getting... Close to that, right? <laughs> right. So, so, so this is a stretch that I probably do pretty regularly. And if they're actually feeling like they have to um, hold themselves up with their arm, I would think they really don't have any idea where their hip joint actually articulates with their mm. pelvis. So you because probably, just real quick here, you probably do not need your left arm down as a third leg to hold yourself up. Um, because when not I ask all, him to bring that left arm up to grab around his right knee, he's like, well, I'm going to fall. Right. Right. So, but, but anyhow, the, the point is, <laughs> is that there is some body mapping that could be uh, used on this person, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, I have a DVD called Move Well, Avoid Injury that mm. Barbara Conable and I did together that um, your client might find useful. And a lot of people, and it's right? A DVD. <laughs> Actually, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's a DVD. It's divided into several sections. It's a two-hour long DVD, but it's the longest section, I think, is 15 minutes. So it can be watched in 5 to 15 minute increments and it goes through the whole body and describes how you can integrate body mapping in order to move more freely and easily in everyday life. Yeah, because ultimately that's what it is, is that uh, applying these techniques um, will produce um, less pain and more easily uh, movable joints. Um, is that, is that correct? Absolutely. And, you know, we need fitness. We need the aerobic and the weight-bearing exercise to keep our bones strong and keep our muscles supple. But if we don't have an accurate understanding of how the body works in movement, then we can end up doing something that can be, you know, quite injury-producing. Hmm. Now, what, what modalities do you find that, 
these um, techniques are being used, but not explain the way you are explaining it. Because I can assume like a yoga class or Pilates class, a lot of this body mapping is, is being um, utilized. Is that, would that be accurate? I, I have no idea. Um, I know that I use it when I do all of that, but most of the people that I know that are trained in body mapping are either musicians who are teaching in studio situations at colleges and universities, or they're Alexander Technique teachers who integrate the concept of body mapping into their Alexander Technique practice. Mm -hmm. I know that in my past I've taught this information at Rancho La Puerta in the, the spa in Tecate, Mexico for fitness People, but I don't know how often um, it actually gets taught for, for fitness people. Mm. So really, this, these techniques have not crossed over uh, a lot in the into the gyms, would you say? Not that I know of, personally. And, and it, it should mostly, be, though, right? <laughs> it should be. Oh, absolutely. Everybody should know this stuff. It's basic common sense. Exactly right, right. Um, and, and I think when we spoke earlier in the week, there are a lot of people who, um, you know, take all these classes, yoga, kickboxing, um, and all these classes to just get in shape and to move around and to burn calories and so forth. This fundamental knowledge here will help them do those things and perform better. Is that what you said and what you shared with me over the phone? Yes, absolutely. The the other component of it all is the idea that any activity you do, so how you approach sitting at a desk to work at a computer, how you walk from your car to your office, how you do just about any activity from taking laundry out to, you know, how you're going to put your turkey in the oven for Thanksgiving. These are core basic movement principles that permit you to move more easily in activity no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, um, could you give us uh, one or two activities to, um, to work on, either body mapping or Alexander Technique? Because each one has its own unique, um, how would you say, uh, version. H how would you... Um, you know, how could someone self-assess themselves using these techniques? Well, the first one that's one of my favorite things to do, I lose count how many times a day I do this, wow. but is the concept of inclusive awareness, which means taking the space you are in and making sure that you're aware of the space behind you, the space above you, and the space around you. And usually when people do that, they notice that they've been gripping or holding on to something. And suddenly being aware of the space you're in while you're in it often brings a sense of relief to people. So that's the number one thing that I would say people can easily do um, is just become aware of the space they're in while they're in it. Um, a fun body mapping thing that people can do is to um, 
palpate, which means to explore by means of touch, their hand. So you can take your, your finger bones and palpate them all the way to where the wrist bones start. And you can palpate each finger down. And notice that, you know, what we call the fingers actually extend all the way down into the palm of the hand and that the wrist is actually at the bottom of the palm of the hand and what we call the wrist where we wear our wrist watches or where we wear bracelets are actually our radius and our ulna which is our two bones and forearm mm -hmm. of our arm and so once you get a sense of what your fingers are, what your wrist bones are, and what your two forearm bones are, then you can start to develop a little more sense of ease and mobility in your hands and your wrists and your forearms. Hmm. I was just walking through that mapping there, and I was like, hmm, being more aware of that are these bones <laughs> right. kind of very... Yeah. Go ahead. It's actually fun. It's sorry. It's actually fun to palpate the bones of your fingers, and then to actually palpate in the palm of your hand the muscles that are in between the bones of your fingers, mm. and particularly the muscles that are between your thumb and your index finger, and also noticing that your thumb, the how many joints you actually have in your thumb and that the base of your thumb is actually at your wrist. Mm -hmm. So these are just interesting body mapping concepts to become aware of that can help put a little more ease and freedom into your movement. Hmm. So just real quick here, Amy, um, by the way, it's already 20 minutes into this. Um, what would someone expect if they did a Skype? I believe you do Skype consultations. What would they expect when they first uh, meet with you? So usually before I do a Skype consultation, by email we would figure out what it was exactly that they were trying to accomplish. Um, we would, I would either do a Skype or a FaceTime and I would need it to be set up so that I could see their whole body moving. So if they're a musician, I would ask them to play for me. If it was someone that was working out, I would actually want to be able to see, um, see them do the exercise. And then I would ask them a lot of questions about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Excellent, excellent. And then from there, what, what happens? You guys set up uh, weekly or depends on what the needs are? Yeah, usually I end up um, giving my students some homework to do, um, some integration of different techniques or ideas that they can do from reading one of the body mapping books. And then depending on the situation the student is in, it's either something that we do weekly or something that we do monthly, or it depends, it totally depends on the need of the student. Hmm. Now, um, some of my audience may be wondering, well, if I were to do a course or learn more about this, uh, to reduce pain, that's one thing. And then another would be to uh, move more easily. And then another would be to 
uh, help me exercise uh, more efficiently. All of those are the benefits, right? Now, absolutely. does it take time? Do you, do you find that it takes some people a short amount of time or does it take a lot of time for people to really uh, get, get some type of outcome? Um, it depends on the individual person. If the individual person is waiting for someone else to make every change for them and they need <clears throat> someone to oversee every change for them, it can take a very long period of time. If they're highly motivated to really understand the structure, function, and size of their body and how they need to change habits that they have, and they're willing to do it, and they're willing to do that self-observation and self-inquiry, the changes can actually happen fairly quickly. Hmm. Do you have an example of a client that, that you recently had? You don't have to name names. Yeah, actually, I, I met with a, uh, someone who works with computers a lot, who is also a pianist and was experiencing a fair amount of neck pain in playing the piano, and this person came for one lesson, and we worked with how the person was thinking and using the weight delivery of their skull into their spine at the piano and at the computer. And with just some awareness um, exercises and some, you know, setting up some alarms to go off every so often for the person to check in and say, hey, am, am I gripping my neck muscles and crunching my neck down? Mm. And that person was highly motivated to do, to make the change and notice that, you know, every five or ten minutes they were crunching their neck muscles and, and pulling on their skull. And pretty quickly was able to make a change while practicing piano and using the computer. That's not every person, but I ran into this person this past weekend, and they were like, oh, wow, I've been able to practice every day, and I'm way more comfortable than I used to be, and I'm making sure that I do 10 minutes of constructive rest every day. So constructive rest is when you just have a little lie down on the floor, you might put a book under your head and your knees are up, um, as in your feet are on the floor and your, your knees are up. It's what Alexander Technique teachers call semi-supine. Mm -hmm. And 10 minutes twice a day of just lying on the floor um, really helps this person. Very good. Um, I'm wondering if you could summarize for us, Amy, what is it? Uh, what's your philosophy about health and wellness overall? And you may have said it earlier, but summarize for us. So, you know, my teaching philosophy and my overall philosophy is, is to combine the use of Alexander Technique and body mapping so that I'm, you know, going through my day with free and easy body movement and I have strategies to recover when things might not happen the way that I think they need to. You know, it's the type of thing where somebody cuts you off in traffic and your whole body grips because you think you're, we're almost going to get in a car accident. And rather than holding on to that grip, 
having the self-awareness to say, hey, I don't have to hold on to myself like that anymore. I can permit some freedom in my neck muscles. I can permit some ease through my body and recover from all the different situations that we get and we go through each day in life. Nice. And just real quickly, do you have any health and wellness tips, maybe three or so, um, that's relatable to my audience and maybe integrating what body mapping and Alexander Technique's all about? So I already mentioned the first one um, about it, continually cultivating inclusive awareness to take the space that you're in um, and really continually renew um, your awareness of the space that you're in. But then also, like what I just mentioned with driving, noticing if you're holding excess tension somewhere in your body and see if you can permit yourself to be supported by the surfaces that you're touching, whether it's the floor, whether it's a chair, and having a sense of your bony structure as being supportive. Um, and just, I can't... Uh, the last one I would say would be the uh, constructive rest, having a little lie down for five or ten minutes. Yeah, there's probably a lot more to why that is so powerful, and we could perhaps go into another podcast down the road to dive into it, all this a little bit more. Um, but how do people get a hold of you, Amy? And do you have any last piece of uh advice? Um, the best way for people to get a hold of me is through my website, www.amylikar.com. Um, people can also check out the bodymap.org website, which is the Andover Educator website. Um, there are a lot of articles and books that can be accessed on the bodymap.org website. And I would just say can keep moving and keep working to move with a lot of freedom and ease. Very good. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Amy. It went fast, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Uh, we'll make sure that we have uh, your contact information in the show notes. I really appreciate your time and sharing your knowledge about body mapping and the Alexander Technique. I would say that uh, I, would, I usually tell people who are loco that I'd, I'd like to actually visit and introduce myself, but since you're all the way in Northern California, that might take some time. But um Definitely. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you. So stay active and be safe.